Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Hello. Oh, she uh, walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Woo. Walk it like I talk it. You. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Woo. Walk it like I talk it. Hey. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Thanks for joining us at Fridays this week. Uh, would you want to be married to you? That's a cutting question. That's a tough question. A good looking in the mirror moment. And uh, anyone that's been married, uh, you know how tempting it is and natural to just want to point the finger at the spouse. And maybe rightfully so. But what about you? Would you want to be married to you? Are you the best spouse you can be? Do you bend over backwards and serve your spouse? Do you treat that spouse the way you did when you first started dating and when you guys originally fell in love and chose to date? Tough question, real questions. Flawed dudes, getting real. Thanks for giving this a shot, and uh, here you go. Here today, um, yeah, I, there's a theme that just got reaffirmed as, as we're ramping up. And the question of the day, thank you guys for reaffirming it before we got started here, is would you want to be married to you? It's a cutting question. Uh, Rod's already, <laughs> Rod's already shaking his head no. I'm out. Yeah, you're out. I, I, and by the way, you're, you're going to be tempted with that question to point for those married actors. Rod's thing about the crazy ones. <laughs> yeah, but what was your yeah? Let's go there right now, Rod. Hot Rod, what was your advice to young Buck Matt? Remember, the crazy ones are fun, but not long term. Yeah, not the not the long term commitment material. Uh, anyway, that points with my wife. Right. So we're gonna go on that. I might get a little blocking tackling out of the gate too. So we we uh, speaking of flaws, um, we're about what five episodes in now. On this thing and I've gotten some great feedback and it's been fun uh, I've also got some critical feedback so that comes with the territory we got our first rating by the way I don't know if anyone saw it we got a two yeah two out of five <laughs> so I but listen I'll say this and this won't surprise anyone sitting around the table if you're not open to God you're gonna hate I don't think you're gonna like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, at least be open to it. Um, yeah, but if you stick with us, you're gonna hear there are former former atheists around this table. There are those who, like I said, it's easy to debate if God exists or not, but it's really hard to argue results. And we'll go back to <coughs> and we'll go back to then what resulted in divorce because it's really hard to debate that. Yes, so you can get critical on it. But I will say this to their defense: the audio. Yeah, we're, we're, we're flawed. So the audio needs some work. I admit, one guy's like, did you, you record this with your phone? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so we're working on that. I don't know. We're, we're, we are, it's like we're a bunch of flawed dudes, and I got this crazy vision. And um, yeah, it's like uh, we put this thing together with duct tape and a tape recorder right now. <laughs> but give us some time. We'll get better at it. Maybe we'll, we, we don't make any money, by the way. Zero. We're not asking for any money either. So one of these days we'll splurge for another microphone and try to up our game. But I do get it though why now you see when movies are filmed and oh that's why there's a sound person always with a little boom over everyone's head, right? Yeah, sure. And we got two microphones working a, a, a large 
fairly large group in here in a restaurant environment. So that's why you hear the coffee pouring and forks dropping and people's. But well, it's just part of this. This is just part of the experience. So hopefully you can laugh along with us. The content of the conversation is the most important part. Of well, that's what I love. I love the content, but I'm biased. So <laughs> let's go back to the question though. Would you want to be married to you? I'm going to give you one more example, then I'm going to open it up. So Netflix is not a sponsor. But I am I am gonna I'm gonna bring them up because this series is on Netflix for those that have it and it's called um, Living with Yourself. Has anyone seen this yet with Paul Rudd? Oh, I just started watching it yesterday. Good. Okay. Perfect timing. So you're gonna get where I'm going with this. As you get deeper into this, he actually I'm gonna try to shorten the plot stream, but bottom line is he went to a spa that's got a reputation for revitalizing you. But what they actually do is they clone you and they kill the old you. But he didn't he didn't die. He actually survived. He was buried, right? Mm -hmm. Did you see that part? I did. Good. Here's where I'm going with this, though, where there's actually a deep, deeper look at this. Would you want to be married to you? So now it gives a scenario where the new Paul, I forget the character's name, mm -hmm. but the new clone is full of energy and has got a great attitude mm -hmm. and has this young perspective that was probably there in the beginning of the marriage. Jeez, he's already laughing. But can it's you get where this plot line's going? He's better at this guy's job. This guy, was, he was mopey and negative and in a, in a rut and um, uh, to the point where the wife was tired of him and she actually signed up for a, um, a Tinder type scenario, dating match. It just it builds this whole plot point where, and she actually, I'm going to give him, well, we're about a few episodes in, but just, it's interesting. She actually starts falling for, she discovers the clone, same guy, right? Technically, mm -hmm. she, Genetically, this is the same person, but with a better attitude. Mm. Guess who she's falling in love with? Yeah. <laughs> right. So let, let, let's let's open it up now. How much does your attitude matter? Each one of you sitting on the table, and and it's a hard, tough question. It's a looking in the mirror moment. Huh. Would you want to be married to you? Are you do do you, do you really believe in the stuff that's written here? And if not, then you should be have a positive outlook in life. Yes. Would you want to be married to a drunk? Would you want to be married to someone that's angry and negative all the time? So, let's open it up. I, I will open it up in scripture, the first thing that you guys have all heard Go. this before. Ephesians 5, 25. Hmm. Paul here, of course, writing, writing to the church of Ephesus. But Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see, uh, let the wife see that she respects her husband. Wow. So my question back to you would be, Thank you. how many of us are worthy of being loved? Yeah, let's pick on ourselves. I love that. Thank you. Perfect, Rick. Thank you. Perfect. Mm. So, are we, are we, for those married, are you loving your wives like Christ did the church? We're talking. 
ultimate service, ultimate sacrifice. That's what that verse says. And then for the atheists that are picking us around the table, what you're picking on though is for us to love our wives so deeply and so richly that it's really hard for them to justify divorce, right? Could you divorce someone that's so devoted to you like that? It'd be pretty hard. You have to be in, in a different mindset for sure uh, of the ways of the world. I would contend the uh, most desirable man on earth from, from a marriage standpoint is a godly husband. Say that again? The most desirable husband man on earth is a godly husband. In other words, how many wives leave a godly husband? That's a biting question, because I know some of you are saying, well, they do. Um, someone brought up, well, who's, who is comfortable saying it? But there's definitely a movement that's been brought up here before, so feel free to speak up if you want to. The women are driving a lot of this. The women are leaving. The women are justifying. I want something more exciting, right? That's to me, it's a plague. But yeah, as you were, as you open this up, Tom, I immediately said, "I'm gonna." My story is the opposite side of, of how you opened. Hmm. Um, I can look back now. I've known my wife 16 years. We've been married 13, and there's been a world of trauma, like everything under the sun death, codependency, never addiction between the two of us or in each of us, but all around us. Um, fear, religion, everything, mm. everything, everything. Neither one of us, we, we were not equally yoked. And what myself, what, what I, because of how the Lord has gripped me, he's calling me to be a pioneer of faith um, for my entire family. Starting with my marriage and my and and, and my and my daughter and, and what um, my wife has said to me through this ten-year process of metamorphosis transformation um, ha, ha, is, Aaron, I really liked the old you. I wish I wish you were the same you that I met. Oh, interesting. And I said, Well, I'm not. Um, as I look back at this, I wonder, because my wife is not an extrovert, she's very internal, um, I wonder how much of it is that she's actually honoring me in pushing me away. And that's just a question, I don't know. But to know that we're not equally yoked, that our journeys are truly going two different directions, I am truly an out and a networking pioneer, very loud and, and energetic, and she would much rather be quiet and safe. Hmm. And you no, know, well, there's a single opposite to track, right? There is, and I wonder. Biblical. And I wonder why, because now, I wish I actually had a soulmate, somebody just like me. You do, but you don't. I <laughs> think. If there's two alike, then there's no need for. I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. Do you know where biblically it's written? I, I don't. Does it? Does anyone know? I think it's in. Um, I thought it was Genesis. But is it about? You know, I think that theme, theme though. We had, we asked this question in couples group. I don't know, a couple months ago. Simple question about: Would you rather be early or late? Five minutes that, early or thirty minutes? Yeah. Late. Oh. In every. No, no, no. Wait. Thirty minutes early, five minutes late. That's what the question was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in every case, they were opposites. Huh. 
And I've asked that question and several divorce. times. Oh, other, each couple. Um, each the, couple. One said I'd rather be three minutes early. One said I'd definitely be five yep. minutes late. Each and, one was different. Yeah, and I've asked that question a couple different times um, to different couples uh, outside of our group. Still, 100% opposite. And I was over at one of our kids' friends' house last night, and the couple was talking about personalities. One's a caregiver, the other one's super direct, right? Mm -hmm. And the why is that? And it's I think it is because, you know, one plus one equals three. Um, if you are the same, <laughs> you're not as strong as you could be. And I thought about it this morning. Shar's great at decorating. She's not so good at cleaning up, right? <laughs> and so the stuff looks awesome. Don't decorate too much. But it, like she wouldn't, it wouldn't cross her mind. Like, hey, I should probably pick up. But that's where, that's probably where I'm stronger. I couldn't create. I could never create what she creates. But like, I can pick stuff up, and, and <laughs> you know, so it's, it's simple. But you know, I think it, it was just another reminder of. Um, leverage each other's strengths instead of focusing on the weaknesses and I think you know when you look at you know I think there's two different ways to look at would you marry you I think our mind automatically goes to the negative what do I stink at right mm -hmm. versus what are your strengths yeah. and how does that match up with um, with the other person and so I think you can't just you, you got to focus on the whole picture instead of just part of the picture and what does two people coming together right to yeah, well and which talking about here again going back to Ephesians 5 so uh, 531 therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh mm. so if you think about it if you're gonna become whole or become one flesh you've got to have a yin and a yang you don't put two yins together, you don't put two yangs together. It's and and as far as becoming one or wholeness and put and Christ in you, I mean there's not many better critics than your wife. Lori is my chief far, critic for sure. Yeah. As far as when we eat humble pie, usually it's served yeah. by the Oh boy. Casey. Yes. Yeah. Right? And because otherwise we think like, oh, we are so great, right? Oh man, we got it all together and then we go, oh, by the way, uh, you know, and so but but how do we how do we take that? Do we take that as criticism and we get defensive? Or do we take that yeah. as thank the Lord, I have this person in my life to point this out, to show me my shortcomings yeah. and help me become one. I do get defensive, by the way. Just, just to say the answer to that is initially defensive. Yeah. yeah. And then, then if, if you get kind of cool off, you get over your the own The more you have life. Christ in you, the more Christ-like you become, and the you know then that criticism becomes constructive, right? And versus destructive. And that's just a core, Tom. I do. I, I, that's probably one of the biggest things that caused caused a lot of dissonance in in my marriage too. Is that you know our whole lives generally there's there's this area that we've been told to do and do and do and do that we're not perfect and we're not matching up to somebody's perfection. Mm. And then we internalize that into our own life. The last thing we want is another person, especially our wife, telling we're telling us that we're falling short when that's been the pattern in our life for our whole life. Uh -huh. Well, and I think there's yeah. a component, too, of is that a strength of yours and will it ever be a strength of yours, right? If I look at the things that that I want Char to do, a lot of times it's things that she's maybe not good at, nor it should she be good at, mm -hmm. right? If she spends time over there, then she's going to be less in the other area. And so I think 
I think that's the important piece of making sure that you understand how you're going to work together and that it's constructive criticism, <coughs> not that we're constantly pointing at something that as the sore spot. You know, and I think that's part of being a godly husband too, in in looking at, you know, where am I short? Where should I be honest? Say that will never be a strength of mine. So let's move on or or past it. it reminds um, me of Shar's favorite verse. Which one? Oh, yeah, I don't even bring it up. <laughs> are we recording? Yes. Yeah, we're recording. Ephesians five twenty two: Wives submit to your own husbands oh, as to the Lord. Yeah. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head oh, yeah. of the church. Yeah, Lord, his body and himself as a savior. <laughs> now, a lot of women don't get that because their husbands maybe are not worth submitting to. Yes, that is true. Right. But I personally had this come up. Well, I think I just said over Halloween. The ghouls and goblets started to go up, and I'm like, I, I can't have this. It's got to come down. And my wife's sitting next to me, and with all her heart, she disagreed with it, but she goes, okay. And she just took him down, and later she told me, she goes, I just, I submitted because I know that was important to you. Now, that was definitely the Holy Spirit working through her. Well, you bring up a bigger point, and that is, ultimately, I think ultimate marriage is, it's grit, it's sacrifice, it's mercy, it's grace, it's forgiveness, and then ultimately, it's choosing to love. There's not this falling in love BS. It's choosing to love. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. that is, if you're gonna pick on Christians, but Christians, those that are married, if you're really following this, then you, you heard it. You heard it straight up from, from Rick. Um, okay, yes, wives, you, you are to serve and submit, but also men, you are to serve and submit, ultimately like Christ did for the church. There is, first. it's a two-way street. Men come first. It's a two-way street. Yeah, that's right. You know, both the last two verses that you read are referencing creation. And the one where, you know, husband leaves, leaves his family, um, that's... I really, really struggled with both of those verses, trying to understand them more deeply, and I've looked into it, and my understanding is that that's God's original marriage intent, that the two become one. And the other part with, with the submitting, mm. back, and somebody explained it to me one time, I think it was an Israeli guy who explained it in, in the Jewish culture, the way that those original words were taken, like Eve was made to care for man, it wasn't care for like make him dinner. It was care for like a big sister would a little brother. Mm. Care for him. So like su support him, lift him up, you know. And, and when I hear <coughs> that husbands um, honor your wives, to me, the way Christ did the church, to me, that's like put him on a pedestal because that's what I see Jesus doing for the church. He's grabbing it in his hand and saying, this is, this is my lighthouse. I'm the light, but this is my lighthouse that's going to magnify it through the entire earth. And for us as husbands, that's kind of the image I try to keep is, and that's probably why I wouldn't want to be married to myself, is that I'm not where I want to be yet in, in putting my wife on a pedestal, you know, especially to her when no one else is around. You know, when you're at home and times are stressful and, you know, it's, it's not just encouraging and and praising, but I think just in a way you treat them. Like when you're dating, you're trying to impress them, so you're trying to magnify all your good qualities, and then after a while, you know, you know you got the fish on the line, so you just kind of, well, whatever, we'll just, we'll just sit in the boat for a while, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whatever happened? 
happened to that? And why don't I do that anymore? So right when you were saying that, Proverbs 31 came to mind immediately. Hmm. And I love 31.11. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. So like I've heard that described as trust your wife's wisdom because if you do, like, you will lack nothing. Yeah. And elsewhere it says, I think it's Paul who wrote it, for the sake of your prayers, treat your wives as if they're porcelain. So what porcelain is, is it, well it says actually weaker vessel, but he also says elsewhere, treat them as porcelain. So what porcelain is, is it was extremely valuable, but it was also delicate, it was fragile. And so you'd want to take extreme care of this. And I think, I think he, he says this because men, we, we're kind of rough. We can be, we can be hard. We can be like a baseball bat. And you don't want to, you don't want to polish porcelain with a baseball bat, right? So he's saying, so he's saying like, be delicate when you're taking care of your wife. Know that she's, know that she has emotion. She's a deep creature and that we're supposed to actually, we as men, he's trying to teach us. The, the depths of women, the depths that even women don't know about themselves, and God's trying to teach us that. And so it's for the sake of your prayers. So if your prayers aren't being answered, maybe you need to go to your wife and apologize or constantly be repenting to her or trying to polish her. Because it also says a wife, a wife should be like a well-watered vine. And so she should be growing and flourishing because your words should be so edifying to her. Mm. Are you are you complimenting your Building wife? Her up. I mean, yeah, we we should always be looking for the the good, even if it's a bad day. Just thank you, thank you for serving our children, thank you for all that you do. And I think that that's that's where it starts. I have to get on the coach. Well, Kate, so Rod, you brought it up as far as. Um, Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So going back to, I'm in my McCarthy study Bible, I'm looking at the sermon notes here. Interesting. Love your wives. Though the husband's authority has been established previously in 22 through 24, where wives submit to your husbands, the emphasis moves to the supreme responsibility of husbands in regard to their wives, which is to love them with the same unreserved, selfless, and sacrificial love that Christ has for his church. Christ gave everything he had, including his own life, for the sake of his church. And that is the standard of sacrifice for a husband's love of his wife. Mm. Well, no pressure, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. I think one thing we're saying that's kind of standing out to me, I think we're all kind of saying is there's a couple of things that I've been married 25 years now, right? And so it's like, you know, my wife, when I met her, she was, we were both believers, but now she's atheist. Okay? Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I just started really getting back into going back to church in 2018, okay? Okay. So one thing I'm seeing is, uh, is early on, I didn't have, like, a lot of restraint. You know what I mean? Like, there's things that bother you that people do. It's really horrible. But, you know, to have restraint and to not, I'm not at the point where I can just love someone, but I can at least not say anything back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's power right there. And one other thing, too, is like, my wife, this is a realization, my wife has the power to hurt me. That's a reality. Yeah. I love my wife, but she has, this person here has the power to hurt me, and I need to kind of be surrendered to that. I think I spent too many years trying to protect myself. And, you know, you know. anyways, I guess there's a lot of different ways you can take that, but that's something I'm... I think God's teaching me. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Man, that's so rich. I love that point because 
when you're married, you are one flesh. And so when she hurts you, she's actually hurting herself too. Yeah, that, that is yeah. the sad reality. We don't always realize that though, right? We just want to hurt back. Well, and does anyone have more power? Like, does anyone's words have more power in your life as a man? Like if my wife, when my wife says something good about me, yeah. it does, it's more valuable to it's hear good words from her than a thousand good words from other people. And I do hear a lot of praise from people at church and other people around me. And all it takes is one negative word and I'm just completely deflated whenever she speaks something poorly about me or one criticism. But if she says something good, I can be having the worst day and I'm like, my chest gets puffed out and I'm like, I would die for this family. I would, I would be crucified <laughs> for this woman. And yeah, I think that's what God... God gave women that power over us men. So one thing I struggle with a little bit when we talk about loving our wives too is, Bob, you talked a little bit about constructive feedback. What's that, what's that balance? Because if we just sit and tell everyone how good they are and, and how great they are all the time, that's not really true love either because that's really a gift from your spouse that they know you so closely and that they can share some of that feedback so that that combination of lifting it each other up and supporting each other and saying encouraging words but then also having the trust with each other to, to provide encouraging feedback is is powerful to me. I know I struggle with that sometimes like there'll be a list of six things that I want my wife to do and I'll get home maybe five of them have been done and I'll immediately go to that sixth one you know why wasn't that done and stuff like that and in reality I need to kind of sandwich that a little bit where I give thanks for the great things that she's done, maybe provide a little bit of constructive feedback, but then make sure that at the end of that conversation, I'm understanding how much, or she's mm. understanding how much I love her and care for her. The, the ratio is five to one. Five to one? Ideally, <laughs> it's, it's easier said than done. Um, Jeezy, I'm going to pull your way a little bit, just because uh, we did get a taker on those forms. Wow. Now, I'm going to tie this in. Here's how I'm going to tie it in. For anyone listening to this, anyone sitting around this table, if you want to get better, there's a the power of writing stuff down, right? So I just got my journal here again. This became with, uh, we're going to start a podcast. Start with setting some goals, some objectives, some results. Buy a microphone. <laughs> that was one of the first ones. <laughs> now look what happened. So this, this is a complex thing. I mean, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. But again, I want to encourage everyone around this table, talking about us stepping up our game. I have had, we've been at this years, not the podcast, but the group. And I've had countless wives come up to me. I can't even tell you exactly how many, but it's, they say, thank you for what your group does. I can tell when my husband goes. And when he hasn't gone, I say, would you please go to dudes? <laughs> and that's an ultimate compliment because it means there's, they're seeing a change in you, right? Peter, now you get to lead, showing a change to, to your atheist wife. But it's very, like I said, it's very hard to argue with the results. If you're stepping your game up, 25 plus years of marriage, and now stepping your game up, uh, being a better husband and serving and loving and biting on your tongue a bit more, um, that's power. That's results. As that's I've, hard to argue. As I've been listening to this conversation, the, the language that we're using, interestingly enough, started with our weaknesses, which you said we often look at. And, and as I've been listening, it would make it assume that we are, that are, that are well, what I'm hearing, is that our wives are stronger Christians than us. Let's flip it. Um, as I'm reflecting on, as I'm listening, I'm reflecting on my own story, and what I see is that both me and my wife are buried under a bunch of rubble, like an earthquake happened, or like a tornado happened, or like we're in the middle of a fire. 
and all this stuff came down on all of us and 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 she's looking at me as the sole as as the sole breadwinner for our beautiful family of 3 at a at a low at a low to low class job cuz I've never been able to break through in every level I'm getting more and more depressed I'm falling she's throwing arrows at me cuz she's wanting me to lift our family mm. but I can't I'm falling under the weight of depression, mental health, the whole nine yards, and this whole thing's crumbling. Mm. I know that I have it in me to lead us, but I can't do it alone. So Holy Spirit comes 10 years ago, and all of a sudden I just changed. I had more energy, passion, life to do it. But now, I don't know how to steward the energy. That's a bold confession. And man. now, I am this roaring lion that wants to do really, really good, but now I'm being told to be calm. And now, all of the trauma that was undealt with is coming out. My wife is telling me that I got a lot of anger, more arrows, more all this stuff coming at me. And, and I've been trying to express as much as I can to imagine that I'm a wild animal, a lion, tiger, some predatory animal that's meant to be out in the wild, but now caged, whipped, and speared, judged, because I'm being viewed through my wife's lenses, lens, and the world lens, in the transformational process. Mm. But because the process is never perfect, I'm being judged for not being perfect. Hmm. And then I'm being told that I have a lot of anger. And then I paint the analogy. Imagine a lion being caged, whipped and, and, and beaten and speared and not showing any anger. I'm pretty sure that lion would be furious. And my, and my whole life, I have been intimidated by my dad. I've been all this stuff. So I'm buried under all of this weight, wanting to break through, and now being judged because I haven't broken through perfectly. The Lion of Judah was not furious. Oh, mm, wow. Jake. <laughs> yes. Which brings another beautiful thing that I've been learning about. In Revelation, it talks about the lion and the lamb laying down together. And the only way that happens, and this has been my journey, this is now the season of transformation, the lion, the only way that that happens is if the lion somehow finds a way to learn how to be gentle mm. so as to not rip the lamb apart. To be continued, by the way, that's heavy, man. There's a lot there. And I, I'll encourage, as we're going to wrap up here, but if anyone else has got something to button that up with, great. I wanna, yeah. I'd like to say one, it's Aaron, right? Sorry. I want to say one thing to your uh, to your journey and your statement. And this goes for all of us. So Tom and I are involved in this program like now called the Masters, and it's a three-year journey of where you meet twelve times over three years to mimic Jesus's uh, ministry to his apostles. And the idea is to find your kingdom calling. And as we go through this journey, all of us show up on day one, and we all are. We're all Christians, we're all saved, we're all uh, have accepted Christ, and we're all excited to start our ministry. And 
what we're told by the teacher is that we're gonna we're gonna spend a year and a half working on us. Hmm. We're not talking about our ministry. We, what do we start with? Our mind, hmm. our body, our soul, and our spirit. Then we work on being husbands. Then we work on being fathers. We do this for a year and a half. And the realization that I came to was that I was like you. I had, you know, I was like, hey, I had, I had Christ in me. I had the Holy Spirit going through me. I wanted to go out and I wanted to do this ministry. But things were not right at home. And what I realized was that I'm never going to be able to be a true disciple for Christ until I got it right, until my relationship was right with, with, with God, until my relationship was right with my wife, and my relationship's right with my kids. You know, only then was my spirit in the right place with God. So what I would suggest to you is that you need to put it in park, put it in reverse. You need to back up. You need to start with Aaron first. Then you need to go back and get with your wife and then get right with your kids. Whatever ministry you feel you have is not from God. And I'm very serious with this because God would not put someone out there to share his work if the relationships weren't right here at the base. And the analogy that the our, our teacher gave us as we started this was, remember the space shuttle? They don't use it anymore, but if you remember the space shuttle, when they rolled it out, the space shuttle, every, you ever want to see it launch into space? But before they could launch the space shuttle into space, they had to create this huge crawler thing. And if you remember that, it took like, I don't know, like one mile per hour, and it moved it like a mile, and it took forever. It's like, they had to build this huge pad, and they spent all this time engineering this pad to move this, this thing to launch it into space. He goes, your ministry is the same thing. You've got to get the pad down first. Before you're ever going to launch your ministry, the roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, to wrap that up too, the stories of restoration we have had around this table has been exactly that path. So, spot on. Right? So the exactly best right. advice that I got when I got married yeah. is true. Then, so when your wife tells you to get your shit together, you just say yes to your wife. Oh, right, right, right. So these forms, this yeah. this path. I just again. For those that want it, it's it's a work in progress as well. Yep. But it's I mean it's no it's it's in depth, man. I'm so impressed with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any closing comments on that, but again No, I think um, you know, everything moves towards disorder. Right? So think about a retaining wall, a brand new road, looks great, right? And then ten years later what does that thing look like? Yeah. Nobody's touched it. Or a brand new road. Yeah. Um, house that suddenly went into foreclosure. It's amazing how quickly that yeah, looks like, like house in foreclosure. A few months later, that house looks like garbage, right? Yes. So, so that's kind of the whole premise of it. And, you know, starting with your body, right? I mean, what kind of fitness are you in? What kind of diet are you doing? Um, what kind of attention are you giving to your relationships, your friend relationships, your marriage? Um, whatever doesn't get the attention... And the porcelain analogy, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to give that a lot of attention, right? You don't want to mishandle that thing. Yeah. And, and um, so I guess that's just where I'm at as far as, you know, kind of kind of wrapping this conversation up. It's really what you give your attention to. Yeah. And um, and you did. You boldly said last week, you're like, man, I'm, I'm 48. I'm like, 
I gotta change some stuff. Yeah. And this is, and you just start working on being a better you. You need a plan. To be a better husband. Otherwise, you're gonna walk out of here, and another week's gonna go by, and you're gonna come back in here, and you know what changed? Right. Yeah. Also, do you have dates on your calendar? Do you have date money in your budget for your wife and you get away? I mean, it, we're. <clears throat> We're broke right now. We're trying to get out of debt. That's a focus. But today we're going on a date, and we don't we don't get a ton of that. But we have to set aside money for our dates. We have to set aside time for our dates. And I think that that's if you're like you said, we we schedule time to go work out. Mo many people schedule time to go work out. We schedule time to be with friends or, or whatever. time for fantasy football and reading Yeah, yeah that too. But one of the most important things, one of the first things that God ever brought together was a marriage. And, and we just, we don't put that on the calendar. We just think that it's going to take care of itself. It doesn't. I, I love what you said about it. It just goes I, towards disorder. And I, I think you got to be careful of, of this, you know, the big highlight grandiose thing at the top. Yeah. It's it's the little things yeah. that build that, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's the it's the little attention. It's the, you know, everybody, you know, now you're, because you're in a you're in in trouble, yeah. if you will. You want this big fix, yeah. right? Well, that's gonna take time. You know, you gotta you gotta start chipping away. Start putting those bricks in the wall. Start, you know, um, and set your expectations. Yeah. Perfect note to end on. We are seven past the hour, so appreciate you guys putting an OT. And yeah, again, for those listening, just just reflect on it. it, it it's like I said, I'm broken record mode, but it's it's hard to argue with the results. So what works and what doesn't, we'll keep tapping that. Thanks for joining. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Thank you so much for the listen. Uh, thanks for putting up with this audio work in progress. Just like our flawed lives, we are working on it. Um, Re-Halloween, you know, I want to be clear on something. My wife and I love to celebrate. We carve the pumpkins. We show our neighborhood love with treats and encouragement. As for Rick's decision of not having something in his house that freaked him out, I respect that. More important, I respect that he and his wife got on the same page and uh, avoided an argument. Whichever side you are on, you're not going to agree with everything we have to say. Heck, I don't agree with everything we have to say. So speaking of controversy and, and submission and marriage, that is a two-way street. I want to be very clear on that. Husbands, uh, do you love your wife like Christ did the church? Would you want to be married to you? Do you bend over backwards and serve her? If not, how can you expect her to serve you back? So... In, in summary, listen, you're hearing a bunch of flawed dudes striving for truth, what works and what doesn't. Speaking of working on it, special thanks to those that already reached out and asked for GEZ's uh, scorecard and templates for life improvement. If you'd like a copy, they are free and ready for you to start writing your own goals and tracking. Simply email me at djtommyp413, that's the numbers, 413 at gmail.com. That's djtommyp413. 413 at gmail.com. Lastly, if you dig this episode, would you give us the five-star rating? More important, would you share it with someone that you know that wants to improve their marriage and family? Can you imagine this fractious society if we all decided to love God and love others more, especially our spouses? As for the song tribute, 
Speaking of marriage and making it work, this one is a bit tongue-in-cheek. Hey, you can't say we don't have range. This is Just the Two of Us by Grover Washington. Give him some love, add it to your playlist, and then listen with your spouse this song on your deck, uh, the next date night. Now, go and do good. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all when the sun comes shining through to make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime and I want to spend some time with you just the two of us we can make it if we try Just the two of us We can make it if we try to 